Two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is one hundred one point nine High FM, Soul to Soul. One hundred one point nine High FM, High Chinuch with Rabbi G. We are back as every Monday. We are we discuss everything about education and everything about making us better people, making the world a better place. Anything that's relevant to who we are, where we are, and what can we do to make the world a better place? We are in the middle of three weeks of sad days in general, which we're going to be speaking later on in the show with Rabbi Rosenblum, uh, well-known rabbi in the community, who I don't think any of you has ever seen him or met him sad. Uh, so we'll see how that fits in with these days. However, it's not so hard to be sad today. Um, just a few thoughts that I wanted to share as I came in here into studio. I mean, I was listening to the news on the way here about another terror attack and another terror attack and another thing happening from Jordan, from here, from there, all these kind of things. And I'm trying, and, and I want to raise a point about a very big debate happening right now in Israel between a lot of people in the community regarding a terrible, terrible disaster attack that happened on Friday night in Yishuv Chalamish. A 19-year-old terrorist came in to a, a village and just started murdering. And he actually murdered three family members in a house, just walked in because the door was open, because he's a murderer. Nothing else. There's no other normal reason, which is also not a normal reason, I suppose, I'm sure. And one of the neighbors heard the screaming while the kids were hiding. There were kids in the house. So it was a, ma- a massive mess. One of the neighbors uh, heard a soldier, uh, heard the, the screaming. He went and he shot the terrorist. He injured him. He did not kill him. Uh, he neutralized him, as they say. And a very big discussion happening here, in, in not here so much more in Israel, how careful must a soldier be when he comes to neutralize a terrorist? Now, it's not a fair question for us maybe to discuss here in South Africa. We're far. We're not watching it. We're not uh, feeling the pain. But we all know this is an education show, and I want to take it from the educational part of view, which brought me a lot of thoughts about the educational part of it. We have a conflict between two sides. One side, who with no question could send a 19-year-old to murder a family in their home for no reason, except for we're in war and we're killing. And the other side is keeps on raising the standards of making sure uh, not to hurt the other side. Um, I don't really know how you could even run war without hurting the other side. I don't even know how you could um, win a conflict like that. And the reason I'm thinking about that is there's a very interesting debate in in the Gemara, actually, regarding uh, sentencing a murderer. And the Gemara discusses about it and says, one of the rabbis says that if he would have been uh, the judge, he would never sentence a murderer for death. And other rabbis have told him that, you know, if by saying that, you're actually raising, you're actually increasing murder in the nation. Since a murderer understands that all he's risking is maybe prison, maybe not a punishment, maybe an injury. Is it starting to become like some kind of Russian roulette that a terrorist could just walk in and say, maybe I'll get killed, maybe I won't, maybe I'll go to jail, maybe I'll get out in the next uh, agreement between te- uh, uh, setting free terrorists? What's happening? 
Are we really endangering other people? Now, I'm not an expert in security. I'm not an expert. I know nothing about war, about fights. All I know is that what we need to do is we need to make sure that we give our next generation, next tool, uh, and our kids the tools, the actually proper tools to defend themselves. And sometimes defending is fighting back. Maybe. Maybe not. What's your opinion? Please send it in 34519. That's SMS line. Or you could send us a WhatsApp at 0621482374. 0621482374. You could always send us an email at onair at highfm.com. You could call it in at 074-654-7335. Complete coincidence. Uh, the first topic for today is and was going to be uh, the connection between uh, physical work, self-defense, uh, being healthy, and school and growing and how much we can influence our children by making sure they're in good physical shape. But maybe we could take this last question and also to our first guest. So our guest is Nick Ingle. Nick Ingle is an expert and has his own gym and, and an expert in, in training people. He has other people working with him training. Um, so let's just go to it. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for being with us, Nick. Good afternoon, Rabbi. Thank you for having me. You heard the first question I raised. What, what's your opinion? In terms of should we train our children to be able to do defend we, themselves? Yeah, or sh- should we train our children to, to defend themselves by just saying, make sure you're always a better person? And even if that means the, the enemy will, won't be scared of striking you and hurting you, or we should say, no, you got to fight back. But then we are risking that we are making him... I wouldn't say a bad person, but maybe, maybe a person that's not so cautious about other people. I, th- I think in, in the real world and what we've experienced, the opportunity to defend yourself is, is a right. It's not a privilege or it's a, and a privilege. But if you have, the op- you have the option whether to defend yourself or to run as opposed to being a, able to run away or not run away, and then you're a victim. So I think it's beholden on all of us to empower ourselves by being able to protect ourselves. Do you think that the situation in Israel is kind of becoming victimized? Um, I'm, not, uh, it, I'm not really an expert. And for myself personally, I, I don't like to make an opinion on an so area that I don't so live in. Talk about but, that. Okay, but, but, I, but yeah. I would say that you know, even basic self-defense skills um, may – I don't know what the, the family situation was. I mean it's horrendous. But the ability to protect yourself is it, – it's crucial because if someone is attacking you and you're able to restrain them or it maybe enable your other family members to escape, you know, that's, that's – So you the could save lives in, Yeah, in you, that should, area. you could save lives for sure. I think you know, what we always teach our clients is that if someone is wishing to do you harm, they don't care about you. They don't care whether they kill you or maim you or injure you if their intention is to do you harm. So you need to do whatever you can, whatever's in your power, to protect yourself and your loved ones. Right, because a, a lot of the questions that come up uh, mm. when we speak about trainers and, and training our kids, putting them in physical shape, is is it going to affect them in a, in a negative way? Okay. And lots of times, let me just mm. add a point to it, lots of times I have trainers – uh, sit here on the show and tell me, no, it just makes you more confident and you'll never fight back. And you'll, but sometimes I think maybe we don't talk about it, but sometimes a child should actually defend themselves. So, where, where, how do you see the kids today? Absolutely. I, I think also with uh, 
where children are today in terms of their own self-esteem and self-belief that training and looking after yourself will definitely help. But that we, we do a lot of training for corporates and for private people in terms of self-defense. And we also do, as you know, a lot of fitness work with them. And the first step, actually, uh, which which goes to your topic, Rabbi, is in terms of the first step in self-defense is being able to look after yourself physically, meaning that being able to keep yourself healthy. Um, if you, you are far more likely to break down on the side of the road and have to walk home, perhaps in bad weather, than you are to get attacked. And if you don't have the capacity as a parent or as a person to maybe have to carry a child home. And you know what it's like sometimes to have to schlep a child on Shabbos who doesn't want to walk. If you can't do that. In a country that, with no sidewalks. In this country with no sidewalks. We'll have to talk no about sidewalks. it. The yeah, that's terrible. So, trying to go with the pram somewhere on Shabbos. Well, that's it, yeah. So th that's, that's what it mayor. comes down to. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> okay. That, that, that's what it comes down to um, in terms of keeping yourself safe. So being physically fit and physically capable of moving your own body around is hugely important in terms of self-defense. If we look at what happened recently with the natural or the disaster in Neisner, with the fires where families were forced to flee for their lives and parents were having to pick up children and run with them, if you're not physically capable of doing that, you know, you, you're not able to look after yourself and protect yourself. So this is a very interesting point that you're saying. You're actually saying that if you as a parent want to raise a healthy mm. child, a, a family, mm. and protect your family, you got to be in some kind of physical fitness to actually help your children. Absolutely. Never even thought of it from that direction. The vast majority of the kids, the younger children that we get to train, are training with us because the parents aren't even physically capable of going out and playing with their own kids because they're working long hours, they're working multiple jobs, they're exhausted. But it, it comes down to how do you protect yourself? What happens if you're Shomre, you're not driving, you have to carry your child to Linksfield Clinic two or three kilometers and it's urgent what do you do happened to me so you walk you walk <laughs> that's it correct and, you have to, and and then so so you train people to be in the in the right physical shape for that Cor yes uh, just a word about your your you have a gym here I in do. the community yep and you have tra you train adults kids yeah we train adults we train kids uh, we train uh, athletes professional sports teams as well and you have so. a therapist working. Yeah, there. we do. We um, we run an awesome ladies Pilates class under Stacy Lifshitz, and um, she is a Pilates instructor and a qualified neonatal physio as well. So she does adults and kids physio, and, and that's again keeping the kids healthy and strong. If, if you talk about Rabbi, even um, particularly with the kids stuff, if a child can sit at their desk for three hours without fatiguing, without a weak core. Their concentration is going to be much better. They're, they're going to get So we're going grades, to have to talk about you know? that. Right? We do have to yep. take a short ad break, sure. and then we're, get, we're going to get back and see mm. the effect of that in class and learning and homework mm. and et cetera. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Chai Rabbi We are back, and we are this, here in studio with Nick. Nick Ingle, he is a professional trainer. Uh, who has his, uh, who has a gym? And just right before the break, we started to get about the ability of actually um, 
helping your child be physical safe and also helping your child and yourself be focused and not drained at the end of the day and being able and we were just getting to maybe homework it could help yeah. or the ability of sitting in class so really do you actually is there any studies that really saw the difference of kids that started working physically uh, in gyms or in courses that raised their marks in school so I think um, not that I'm aware of offhand but I'm sure there there are just from my personal experience, our listeners can tell us if anybody is aware of yep. that. Please send it in three four five one nine three four five one nine. That's SMS line, or you could send us an SM uh, WhatsApp zero six two one four eight two three seven four, or you could call it in zero seven four six five four seven three three five. Send us an email. There are so many ways to be in contact. Send us an email on air at chayfm dot com. Okay, so so basically, if if your child has a strong call. And everyone loves the word core. That's basically the section that separates the upper and lower body. If you can, you have a strong core, you're able to sit for a longer period of time without slouching. When you're slouching forward, your shoulders round, you're actually able to get in less air, less oxygen. That's our primary nutrient that feeds the brain and helps us focus and concentrate. So if you can sit up right, you will get in more oxygen, you'll be able to concentrate longer, and you will be able to perform better. How aware are the schools? to this importance um, that I'm not aware of but I think the schools already are under huge pressure and are doing what they can I mean there's also a responsibility that has to go perhaps to the parents that just by having a healthy child unfortunately what I see with most of the schools is that they tend to move more to academics and away from physical training phys ed PT, um, as we used to call it, physical torture. Physical <laughs> when, torture. <laughs> and we and everybody kids, but, wants torture. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the it. most important. Absolutely. But it, it comes down to that you have, you know, it's a body-mind balance. And you cannot expect a fortune from your body. You cannot expect to push your body and let it support you if you're not prepared to put into it as well. I have to say that a few months ago we had mm. somebody here in studio. He has a training, um, emotional training mm-hmm. camp. in uh, next. He, he tried to explain, but again, I'm not good at that, around Kruger area. Mm-hmm. And he said a beautiful story. He said there was a guy that was hired once, and his job was to chop down trees. And then the first day, he took down 20 trees. And the second day also, after a few days, he went down to 19 and 18 and started taking more and more. Eventually, he was... Um, chopping down two trees a day. So somebody came up to me and said, why are you doing two? You were doing 20 just a few weeks ago. And he said, well, I don't know. It's just getting harder and harder, and and it's I can't. So the guy tells him, did you think of maybe sharpening your axe? And he said, I'm sorry. I don't have time for that, which means – if we use our time for the right things, then maybe we'll have time for more. So maybe if we give our children the extra time, I know with, that we're running. I, I admire South African parents for mm-hmm. driving their kids here and there and back and forth and going all day in the car. That maybe that's why I have listeners because they're all in the car all day listening all the to the radio. <laughs> Saying that, I know it's very hard to get in another uh, journey, but maybe that will actually make it much easier for us to help our kids and support them to achieve what we want in less time. I think it's definitely you need to sharpen the axe because you, you're restricting your work capacity. And we, I'm not talking about someone training for three or four hours a day, even 10 or 15 minutes of body weight um, exercise so or what, going for a minimum? walk. Um, the minimum is whatever you can do. Okay. Because 
You know, <laughs> a five-minute walk outside in the fresh air is better than nothing. And uh, an hour walk outside in the fresh air with 100 push-ups is better than a 10-minute walk. So that's the reality. There isn't a minimum. Did you just, just say 100 push-ups in the minimum list? Uh, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because I, yeah. I know I'm not in shape, but how? <laughs> Whoa, okay. Yeah. No, so you know, one push-up is is better than none, and ten are better than one. Obviously, you know right. that's and it that's does the best yeah. attitude. That's it. It <laughs> comes to down say. to also, you know, particularly there's an opportunity for families also to spend time because that brings in the emotional aspect of it, but. If we're not sharpening, it's a wonderful story, and I know it. If we're not sharpening the axe, we can't expect to do the workload. And, again, it comes down to, you know, um, we talk about self-protection or um, self-defense in terms of learning how to fight, and that's hugely crucial. But self-defense is also getting good grades at school that you can go to university, get a good job, support your family, and afford a good medical aid because a good medical aid – is better is far more important than the ability to fight for fifty people. A hundred percent, and good grades and good successes is, is uh, emotional. Uh, That's it, but, and that also work. comes from. But you get that from looking after your body. Okay. Normally, I would ask mm. uh, you how people can get in contact with you, but somebody actually did that already. Oh. I see an SMS coming. Okay. How do I get hold of Nick's number? So okay. I could either give him your number yep. later on, or um, that's yeah, perfect. Or give you his number, or anybody who does want to contact you, how does he do that? Um, so they they can just email info at emetfnf. That's e m e t f n f dot com, um, and that will get hold of us. And they can also phone us on – can I give out a mobile number? Your decision. Great. Cool. 083-616-0440. That's the, the gym line. That's the gym and line. And you could give us the, any questions, anything regarding Absolutely. That and area. if they have any questions, they can fire it off to that email and we'll be happy to answer it. Okay. Uh, I just want to end off mm-hmm. that one of the things that um, I, I was happy to see that Nick has in his gym is that um, – one of the things I was happy mm-hmm. many things there <laughs> that – it's kind of rare in South Africa, but you thought of everyone. And I know you even have groups for um, religious young girls yep. and adults and, and people that do want to uh, work out separately or privately yes. or whatever it is. So your gym does give that kind of support. Yes, we do. So there, there is – we are able to separate because the facility we, – we are basically not a walk-in facility. You book an appointment and you come and train. And if you have specific needs, we're happy to if we can accommodate them that we most definitely will because everyone has a right to train. That's an amazing attitude. Okay. So thank you so much for being with us. Thanks Thanks so much for sharing with us. And yeah, it's amazing. I think it's so important what you guys are doing. And it's important that we raise the awareness. And yeah, let's all go and and start working out. Fantastic. Thank you, Rabbi. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. So that was Nick. Nick Ingle was here with us. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Coming up soon, we're going to be having Rabbi um, Rosenblum, who's going to come. He's actually already arriving at the studio. We're going to be discussing about the three weeks. What is it relevant to us? And how can we actually connect in our time and day of life? Coming up very shortly, we're going to go for a short break, and we'll be right back. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, Chai G. We are back. And as usual, we discuss everything that's important for our personal development, how to be better people, how to make the world a better place, how to make ourselves and our surroundings happy and productive. So 
Part of what we do is we also talk about relevant things happening in the Jewish world and education world and the days that we are in right now. So, to, for the next part of the show, I've asked Rabbi Rosenblum to come into studio. Rabbi Rosenblum has been a rabbi for many years here in Johannesburg, uh, influenced many people. However, I personally have never seen him without a smile. I personally have never seen him sad. I personally have never seen him upset. So I had to bring him in here for the three weeks, for the days that we are sad, for the days that we are mourning, for the days that we are uh, thinking and talking and acting for our big, tremendous loss of the heart of the Jewish nation, which was the Beit HaMikdash that uh, we lost so, and and see how that fits in with our day-to-day Jewish lives. So, good afternoon, and thank you so much for being with us, Rabbi Rosenblum. Rabbi Rosenblum? Um, good afternoon. So, I, I asked the Ruf to come in because what is our actually um, status these three weeks between uh, the first fast and the second fast? How do we... Uh, um, relate to it in our day-to-day lives. And the greatest tragedy of the three weeks, including Tisha B'Av itself, the height fasting, is that the overwhelming majority of the Jewish people do not feel the loss of the destruction of the temple. It's very hard to feel loss of something that we never saw. You don't have to see something to believe it. You have to feel something. Seeing could be optical illusion. You know, I don't see my heart, but one thing I'm sure of, I want it to be still beating. First of all, I'm a... But re- I see, and the whole community sees your heart. That we know. <laughs> First of all, I'd like to introduce myself as a reform rabbi. My job is to reform Jews to Judaism and not Judaism to Jews. Okay. On the ninth of Tishabav, which culminates to three weeks, we congregate with our brothers and sisters throughout the world in darkened synagogues, and we read the thundering words of the double catastrophe of the destruction of the first temple and the second temple. And an intelligent thinking Jew even those that are not that intelligent or those that are not that much thinking has to ask the question. And this is a relevant question. Why? A thinking Jew will come to the realization that the underlying causes of exile, and it still prevails as exiles today, the conditions must be eliminated before we could look forward to redemption. You have to know what the sickness was. What the, we know what the sickness, at least we conf- can confront reality to look forward to a to healing of the existence. Well, uh, what, what would bring somebody to ask why? Uh, unfortunately, we do live a very easy, comfortable life. And what will wake us up and say something's actually wrong? We're so far from that. I think in our days, in current events, and most definitely events during the Second World War, I think that every Jew should ask, why? Why us? Why me? Why, why? my family? 
Why my neighbors? Why Israel? Why, Why are we losing so many people Why day and night? Why is a crooked letter that must be straightened out? Why are we losing the current holocaust of losing so many, so many people? There's no need to ask why. There's no need to ask why a man, a house, a family, a community, a couple come to grief. We see that everywhere and nowhere. If we want to be everything to everyone, we amount to nothing. The Jew has to have the courage and the strength, the wisdom and intelligence to find satisfaction and happiness in his own identity. What is he really? Because if we try to be like other people, the Nazis, Yemachsimam, proved us that we are not invited into their society. The Meshech Chochma writes when he was all of 18, as the same author as the Osameach, he writes in Bechukosa in the chapter that since Jews in Germany think that Berlin is Jerusalem, something of catastrophic event must occur to prove them wrong. And unfortunately, how right he was. So we can't get comfortable wherever we are? The question is, why was Judah sent into exile? Why are we into exile? Because spiritually, we went into exile long before the destruction of the temple. That you asked the question, why? We think mistakenly that we are no longer in exile. Exile means that we don't feel comfortable in our home. We won't feel comfortable with our unique culture. We do not feel comfortable with our Torah, with our Masorah, with our tradition. That causes the state of being what we refer to as exile. That's why we are in exile. We are in exile because we have disassociated ourselves with our roots. So no longer, as you pose the question, we think that we are Americans, South Africans, Israelis, Egyptians, Syrians. We aren't. We are in a unique people with a unique culture, with unique demands, with unique tests, and unique opportunities. That's why we are in exile. We're in exile because we have severed our, we severed ourselves from the tree, from the Eitz Chaim. To tell you a story, there was a leaf on a tree, and this leaf saw the birds flying through the atmosphere. Wow, what a pleasure. They are free to come here and there. Here I am anchored to this tree. And one day a wind came and severed the leaf from the tree. And the leaf flowed through the air. What a pleasure. And finally I'm free. But when the wind stopped, the leaf fell to the ground and realized that if it's not connected to the tree, it's not free. It's dead. It's That's dead. our problem. So we're going to have to take a short break. But I do want to come back to the question. But what do we do with lots of young Jews that don't feel 
connected to the tree. Yeah, it's a, lots of young Jews that don't see their identity, identify. But we will have to wait for that until a short break, and we'll be right back. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 IFM. 101.9 Chai FM, Chai Chai We are back, and we are in the middle of a, a fascinating discussion of the nine days, the three weeks, the sad times for the Jewish nations when we lost the temple, the first one and the second one, and many tragedies that have happened to the Jewish nation in the past years on the three weeks. And we are talking about uh, the questions with Rabbi Rosenblum about what a person must ask himself why did it happen? How did it happen? And we left off with a question. What do we do with the kids, the young Jews, young generation that don't even feel connected, don't feel the need to ask these questions, don't feel the need to be connected, as the rabbi said, the leaf to the tree. They're not apart. And maybe it's our job to get them apart, but what do we tell them? We do not suffer contemporary times for a lack of observance for lack of association, for lack of a positive identity as Jews, we suffer primarily from ignorance. Mm-hmm. Jews primarily are ignorant of their Judaism, ignorance of their culture, ignorance of their background. And the only way to combat ignorance is education. However, Which is our we job. don't expect anyone to all of a sudden attend the kolel. Uh, all day. However, we are blessed to the miraculous events of contemporary Judaism is the tremendous return to unapologetic, authentic Torah Judaism. And everyone that's associated with that has an obligation to extend an invitation to his immediate family, his next-door neighbor, a kid that he sees in the street wandering around have nothing to do and really had no identity at all, just lost like the leaf on the tree, to extend to him, come for a Shabbos meal. Come, come, let's go out for a pizza together. And then he'll see that it's not a barrier between reality. That You see, the Talmud states the question, how is man formed? And the Talmud states that the miraculous act of reproduction, that we have a physical being, a physical being, but what makes this physiological structure alive? There's a divine contribution that we refer to as the Shama, as a soul. When we have the connection between heaven and earth, between the physical and spiritual, then we become alive. And you see that when a person passes away, some uh, I know people pass away, they never look so good after, <laughs> better than they're living. But once a person passes away, God removes his divine contribution. If we only have the physical without the spiritual, we are dead. And that's what it is. It's not a lack of rejection of observance. We don't know, they don't know what observance and what Judaism is all about. It's our mission to promote public relations, personally, primarily, to expose these kids. So the Jewish community expends so much money in non-productive activities, commissions, and and all sorts of senses, tests, and and, uh, seminars. Does it really produce anything besides 
a lot of. You allowed to say on the radio, hot air? Uh, you're allowed to say because I actually think that Chai FM does uh, fit exactly into the road the rabbi says, which we know Kathy had put together the radio and she put together every day two hours of Judaism every day, two hours in the afternoon and many more hours throughout the day that I could mention. But there's this is our time of the day, two hours every afternoon. There's also at nights and there's also lots of um, rabbis and opportunities in knowing and questioning. And the question is, what can we do? Where is the step that we need to take it more to get the people more connected? The only step is friendship, extend the hand, and show and expose them to authentic, unapologetic Judaism. Unfortunately, we um, suffer in South Africa and throughout the world that people that supposedly speak in the name of Judaism. If I would be invited to a medical seminar, and I would present the paper about whatever the specialty is. Who am I? I am not at all associated with that unique specialty. And everyone thinks that they have an opinion regarding Judaism. My opinion of, regarding atomic, uh, atomic science is not an opinion. And well, we are so mean, receptive. two opinions at least. I mean, every one of us has at least two opinions. Yeah, but... Uh, I, uh, an authentic opinion about something that I'm totally ignorant about is yeah, not no, an opinion. It's, it's, it's not considered my job. What is considered is that I'm told already again that we need to take another short ad break and we will be right back. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Chai Rabbi G. We are back. Just we take the, before we take the last final part of today's show, I did get an announcement to say that the Pie Works knows that you love their fresh baked delicious pies. So they have extended the meat free selection, especially during the nine days. I guess we're celebrating the nine days. Listen to this. Mushroom pies, vegetable pies, spinach pies, roasted veg pies. Are you hungry yet? Get to the Pie Marks, to the Pie Works. And you can also take advantage of their meatless mushroom burger. I'm sure my wife's listening. She'll want me to try that meatless mushroom burger. Cheap and cheap and cook special for just 60 rand. Tell them Chai FM sent you. And if you give them this key purchase, you, you'll get an extra 10% discount. I love the pies at the pie works. Oh, so if you say, I love the pies at the Pie Works, you get a 10% discount. The Pie Works can be found on the Syndrome Strip, 75 George Avenue, Syndrome, Johannesburg. Pie Works is powered by Moose Brothers. Okay, so we were just ending off uh, the show with Rabbi Ozumar, we were discussing uh, the, the Jewish soul, the Jewish connection, the Jewish identity, and the tremendous loss of the nine days and losing the temple. And if I, can, can we say fairly that in the nine days, in this period of year, is when we lost the Jewish soul? We, we never lose the Jewish soul. Else we'd be totally dead. The only thing when we had the temple, we must realize, we did not have to rely on an individual's belief. He went to the temple, he went to Jerusalem, and all the temple services, as if God tickled him under his armpit. It was tangible didn't believe it, he experienced it. it. That's another it's another level of reality. Today we have to create that level of reality. However, 
don't despair, don't despair. The story is told that when Napoleon was on his way to Moscow, so in the distance at night, he saw a light in a hut, and he suspected maybe espionage or something, so he sent one of his officers there. They found a Jew, and he brought, sitting on the floor, and he brought him to Napoleon, and Napoleon asked him, what in the world were you doing? Were you sending signals to the enemy, to the Russians? He says, no. On the contrary, he is sitting on the floor and crying and shedding tears about the destruction of the temple. Napoleon asked him, but the temple was destroyed a few thousand years ago. He says, to you it was destroyed a few thousand years ago. To me it was destroyed today. And he replied supposedly that a people that can still mourn and cry and shed oceans of tears regarding the destruction of the temple of a few thousand years ago, definitely they are assured that they will experience its rebuilding. And that's what we hope. That and that will be, be rebuilt the... speedily in our days, and all our trouble will come, will be terminated. When the Jew would feel comfortable with himself being Jewish and not trying to mimic other people, which is resented by other people. And that's a beautiful way to end off with this tremendous hope of looking forward towards the rebuilding of the temple, rebuilding, reconnecting to God, reconnecting to the Jewish identity and feeling, not only hearing in stories, just feeling day by day the connection, the relationship and we have a lot and a lot to look forward to. Thank you, Reverend Rosenblum, for being with us. It's been a very inspiring. And let's hope that we should never have to discuss this tragedy again. Okay, so this show has come to an end. As usual, they say time flies when you're having fun. So, uh, with Rabbi we will be back, please God, next week, Monday, 2 to 3, discuss everything that's happening and important on education, how to be better people, how to make ourselves better people and people around us.